everybody. You're about to hear an incredible conversation we had with Ed from Orchard Works. Uh, Danny and I, as I am sure you saw on our social media a couple weekends ago, spent a lovely Sunday morning with our good friend Dank over at Orchard Works' brick and mortar store in Stafford Springs, Connecticut. Ed's going to talk all about that and much, much more in a quick second here. Before we get going, I do just want to point out that our Zoom was doing its thing throughout the episode. And so the audio levels might be off. The Zoom was just a little funky. Also, Ed was recording uh, appropriately from right outside of his workshop, um, which we love. We do not begrudge him that whatsoever. But the reason I'm telling you that is because you may hear his machines at various points throughout the episode. Um, we're here for that though, adds to the authenticity. So without much further ado, uh, I give you Ed. Today we are here with Steven. What is up? I am back. Wands holstered, brain prepared, ready to go. And Ed. Hi there, guys. Nice to, nice to see you again. So Ed, why don't we start off with why don't you introduce yourself, who you are, and your house, your Patronus, and favorite character? That's a interesting introduction. So my name is uh, Ed Barice. I am the owner-operator of Orchard Works Magic Wands, uh, along with my wife, Janet, who couldn't be here tonight. Um, my house is Ravenclaw. Uh, wand makers are always Ravenclaws. Uh, my Patronus is a stag. And um, my favorite character, uh, I got to say, I have a strong affinity for uh, Luna Lovegood. She absolutely carries so much of the story. And I get into arguments. Maybe it was you guys who got into arguments online about it. But I got into an argument with somebody online about it because I, I claimed that she carried more of the heroics than Neville. And, and you know, to, to just to dive right into that tangent there's there's contributions from each character that the story doesn't survive you know that you don't get to that end result of the story without the specific contributions of each person some of whom are you know several of whom are no longer with us anymore and uh, but i just the way the way they wove her in and the way she carried it and maybe it's it's just um blanking on her name right now the uh, the actress Ivana Lynch Thank you. It might just be the way she carried through into the movies from the books. I thought it was exceptionally well done. I will admit that was me that responded on that post because I'm all pro Neville. <laughs> I think it's that's actually a really interesting point. I The way I've always thought about Luna and not, not in like a minimizing way whatsoever is of all of the characters that we see she, in my opinion, most impact maybe isn't the right word, but but progresses Harry's development and kind of maturation in a way that, you know, like for instance, I'm a, I'm a big sports fan, right? Like player efficiency rating is something that's all the rage these days. Like Luna's player efficiency rating is through the roof because she, you know, for the <laughs> limited, you know, page or screen time she gets, she absolutely, you know, is, is integral to what happens. Um, but I want to talk. You mentioned all wand makers are Ravenclaws. Say more about that. 
Well, I, I, I mean, like just stating a fact, it's uh, for whatever reason, uh, as, as far as I have ever found and been told, uh, all wand makers are Ravenclaws. I'm certain now, uh, as you look at the, if you were to look at this industry now, I'm certain I'm wrong about that. Um, so maybe I have to qualify that in some really arrogant way to say all the good wand makers are Ravenclaws. I don't know. Um, that'll, that'll probably, you know, irritate a person or 12 out there, but, um, no, I, it's, uh, I don't even remember at this point, we've been doing this for 10 years. I can't even remember where I learned that, but, um, apparently the whole Ollivander family, uh, they were Ravenclaws. I, I, for a time had, uh, attempted with my horrifically bad acting skills to, um, to pass my, my, I have a character for events. Um, and so in the movies you have, uh, Garrick Oliver, Oliver, and I, uh, purported like twice and just completely gave up because I was so bad at acting, uh, to call myself Garrison Ollivander and people would come up to me and call me, you know, Garrison Ollivander is here. And I'd be like, Oh, that's me. Right. Hi. Yeah. Oh, right. Yes. I did say, I, I mean, I, I mean, yes, I did say I was going to be here today. Didn't I uh, love? Yes. Um, uh, yeah. Uh, and that was it. And I was like, I'm out of woods. Yeah. I'm who wants to talk about magic wands. This is fun. You know, <laughs> I couldn't stay in character for five seconds to save my life. So I just gave it up after like two shows. Yeah, it's funny. I would have presumed that a fair amount of Hufflepuffs would factor into wand making, given the creative factor that ties in. But of course, you know, the, the art of wand making is seemingly a fairly precise and exact science, which of course ties in fairly well to your background. You are an engineer by trade. Um, and so I certainly have done all of my research as a professional unpaid co-host would. Um, but do you want to tell us a little bit about how your wand making journey began in the first place? Well, do you want to talk about engineering or do you want to talk about how uh, wand making started? Well, per the article I read from some local Connecticut, you know, uh, newspaper from close to what, eight years ago now, they're, they're one in the same, are they not? I'm sure there's obviously a longer tale for engineering, but they, they tie into each other. Yeah. So, uh, you know, wand making started, um, like I say, 10 years ago, it was May of 2011. And my little girl, my nine-year-old had her, uh, had to have a Harry Potter birthday. She'd just gone to, um, Universal, uh, with her grandparents and her mom and, uh, they wanted magic wands for the birthday party. And that's a tall order for a nine-year-old because those universal studios wands, which she had already broken hers, you know, like the day she got back, she dropped it in the, in the driveway. And, um, I had never like really seen them. I'd never you know, done anything with them. And, um, she had a, I believe it was a Jenny Weasley one. She picked up while she was down there. And, um, she, uh, you don't tell your little girl, no, you can't have magic wands for you birthday party. So, uh, you know, we gotta, we gotta do that. And, uh, you know, I've never made a magic wand before, you know, it's the, the, the John Mulaney uh, bit that I love that, you know, I, I've never climbed a, a fence that high before. And then I woke up at home. Uh, it's like you, you figure out a way to go do it. And, uh, you know, I had a, I had a deadline, which was great. Engineers love deadlines, you know, and 
at the time, I mean, criminy 2011, I was working, uh, I was working in a fairly, uh, fast paced, uh, uh, job at, uh, in aerospace at the time. And, um, uh, you know, had gotten divorced the year before and, and things were, were kind of crazy. And, um, yeah, the ones it was just like go in the basement and spend an hour and like, Oh, what do I have? I've got that sander. I've got that drill press. I've got this saw and that saw, and I've got these hand tools. And what can I do quickly that'll, that'll like answer the mail, so to speak, and, and get this done? And I, I probably spent all of two hours making, you know, a dozen magic wands, maybe three hours. And most of that was probably just figuring out like the right way to hold like a, a fence one way or the other. And you, you know, fence something like if you're going to cut something always to the same length. You have a block, and so the piece always goes up to the same point. And just like figuring out like how I was going to make certain twists and certain squares and certain little bands and things, and uh, uh, and a lot of those techniques that I developed that one day, that first day, we still use every single day here in the shop, which is which is really cool. Um, the the tie in um, to engineering was that. Um, you know, they teach us, they preach, and they they insist that we learn a lot of uh, efficiency techniques. And I had started my career as a manufacturing engineer, had done a lot of uh, tool design already. And so it really came natural to me to like, how do I make that shape? Oh, this will work. And then some of it did. And then version two or version three or version four worked phenomenally better. And when I've rebuilt tools or built, you know, multiples of the same tool, the second one, I was like, oh, I can make that in this little different way, you know, shift this, adjust that, tighten that. So those kinds of things have always come into play where that efficiency and that engineering of, of the tools and the process serve me on a daily basis uh, here really well. Um, the wands were nice and the people, like the, the parents at the birthday party, like them so much that, you know, we got the, the classic story I tell us, uh, uh, you know, the, the parents liked them and they're like, you got to sell these online. There's this thing called Etsy. Have you ever heard of Etsy? And I'm like, I've never heard of Etsy. What are you talking? I'm, I'm an engineer. We just, you know, does it, do we sell airplanes there? No, then cars. No, I'm sorry. I've heard of eBay. And, um, uh, you know, we've been on Etsy now for 10 years. We've got like 10,000 sales on Etsy. Uh, it's, it's been a phenomenal vehicle for us, but, um, you know, my wife was able to quit her day job. Um, we were looking for something that we could do that would be making a thing and selling it. And, uh, this was just like the perfect, uh, you know, thing for us to, to kind of fall into. She, she quit her day job eight, nine years ago now, like very shortly after we started, um, and full time, she's shipping wands all over the world, talking to customers all over the world. Uh, now she's running the whole store and the shop here, training people, uh, handling all of our you know, payroll and, and everything. Yeah, it's funny if the average layperson were to see, you know, the nearly 10,000 sales, all the five star reviews, your presence at conventions. It would be fairly, I don't think it would be a big leap of logic to think that you have this massive production and you have like, a, like you know, a full kind of, you know, like corporate production going on. But this is very much a family business where your hands are quite literally on every single one that, that goes out of your shop, which is just really, really neat. So, you know, take us back to 
you know, post party and, and you're starting to get into this and you're realizing you have some of the tools you need and where, if at all, did you think this thing was headed, you know, nearly a decade ago versus where you're at today? That's a, that's actually a really good story. Uh, Cause we, you know, we quickly realized we needed a presence. You had to have a name, you had to have a company name, and then you had to have an identity to show people. So we need to come up with a business card and we had to come up with, you know, some signage and posters. And then we initially, you know, we initially said, we're never going to do shows. Shows are a waste of time, uh, you know, because we'd started doing like some craft fairs and stuff and they, you, you can sell like, you know, 40, $50 at a craft fair. And it's like, well, that was a waste of eight hours. Um, and we legit had a Christmas time show where we, like in our second year, I think it was <clears throat> where we drove, uh, both cars full of all the kids. The kids were all still, and um, the youngest now is 15. So, uh, you know, this was like eight years ago. So he was like seven. The boys were like six or seven years old. And um, we drove both cars down, you know, lunch on the way down, dinner on the way back, bought stuff there, paid a stupidly high fee to be at the event. Um, it was like an hour and a half away, way down in uh, past New Haven. And we didn't sell a single thing all day. Zero, zero. It was horrific. And you know, the the best thing about it is it's a learning point. You know, it was like, okay, what don't we do? We don't do holiday craft shows at all. It's just it's an absolute no win situation. We could have sold two hundred dollars at that event, and that would be better. But it still would have been a waste of time compared to some of the more Harry Potter specific events that have come along. And and it's a it's a constant effort to find the right event, the right event organizer, um, the, uh, the, you know, getting the, the, into the right crowd, getting the right people in front of you. Um, and, and, and part of it is how you play against other vendors. Unfortunately, it's for, for some of them, you know, in our case, we, we feel bad sometimes we, we, we did this event and I'm probably going off the rails away from your question. So, so drag me back to your original question again, later when we, you know, we hit a pause, but um, we, we did this event for years in Hartford, a phenomenal summer uh, time event called Envision Fest. And it was a um, uh, fantastic organization running. It was in Bushnell Park and, and uh, you know, it was nothing Harry Potter specific at all. None of the, none of the music, none of the food, none of the other vendors at all. And we would clean up. We'd sell a couple thousand dollars at this event, which was like absurd. My parents still don't understand. Like you people spend thousands of dollars on magic. Well, not not each one. <laughs> We're not that good. But um, you know, you, you you're you're making you know fifteen, twenty, thirty dollars a piece here, and and uh, you know have some great events like that. And this, I remember to this day, this poor guy across from us selling pottery, and he couldn't give it away. I mean, he, he had two sales the whole day and it was just because people would walk by and they'd look at us and, and, you know, it's difficult in this audio setting here, but they would just, you know, head in a swivel, see us and go <gasps> and right to our table directly away from his. And we, we have that effect on, on people. We go to Kineticon and, you know, there's nothing Harry Potter specific at a kinetic at, uh, at that particular convention or very little that's Harry, Harry Potter specific that uh, convention and people just beeline to us and you know, the, 
it's a little different format you know, that we're not necessarily taking eyeballs away from other tables because there's so many shiny, blingy, loud, you know, blinking lights and everything and, and loud signs and, and uh, other vendors that are doing a very good job of attracting eyeballs as well. But man, it's, it's fun to watch. You know, you just kind of sit there and you can tell when it's about to happen because like, you know, three, three, four friends are walking by and one of them sees us and just like the jaw hits the floor She's grabbing the other ones, not even looking. She's just grabbing sleeves and dragging people to our booth. And uh, they're having a, a blast. And they'll spend 15, 20 minutes, you know, picking out. It's, yeah, it's the same price. You know, we're not making any more money. If they walk up, say, this is the one and head off in 30 seconds. It's the same amount of money. But it's, it's we're not here for the money. We're here for the fun. We're here for the, uh, yeah, you know, having the, the, you know, making people happy. That's what it's really all about. There's a lot of ways to make money, but there's very few ways to make people as uh, as happy with all the fun that we get to have. And that's that we, we constantly talk about that, how much fun that is. I think it also helps because even when you're at those conventions that don't have anything Harry Potter related, a lot of Harry Potter fans are fans of other things. So they're automatically going to show up, but then get really excited when they're not expecting Harry Potter and then see magic wands. Yes. So it's a nice yep. little surprise. Yeah. So from doing that and doing conventions, uh, this past October, November, I believe, you opened an actual brick and mortar building. Yes. So what was that like going from conventions to having an actual building and the process behind that? Yes. Yeah, so when we, we talk about that uh, with customers too, which is really fun because you know, obviously we're, you know, the before times we'd had all kinds of conventions and we had, we had a full slate lined up for the year 2020. Um, so we had done uh leaky con in Boston, a phenomenal event. I think we met you guys uh, up there and had an absolute blast and like things are rolling. We have, we've, that's, that was October, 2019. We did the big Yule market that we always do in Worcester at the Higgins castle. Uh, that was that was December. Uh, we had done, I th- can't remember when it was uh, in there. We did Wizard Fest. I think it was after that. Uh, in between those two, we did Wiz- uh, we, we sponsored an event called New England Wizard Fest in um, the Worcester area, Marlboro. Um, absolutely, you know, smashing success. We had Draco and the Malfoys do the after party for that. Ashley Hamill was playing at the after party for that. We people had absolute blast things are cruising like this is the best you know not our best sales year ever but um you know some of the biggest events we've ever done and thing and and now we're getting tied in with some of these bigger events where we're when we're actually we're actually sponsoring some big events and so as you know a couple of good years run out of 2018 2019 and um 2020 happens we have our biggest event that we ever do scheduled and and we managed to get it in it was the the big harry potter festival they do at the connecticut science center and uh we're the only vendor at that event we we pay dearly to be there they they charge their donation fees uh rather uh generously in their favor uh, but to be their only vendor it's 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 worth it and uh, we could talk offline about what the sales are like for an event like that. They're, they're ridiculously good. So I, I, it's our, it's our biggest event. We're glad to do it. We bring, we, we brought just to give you the, the little bit of context on that. We brought 1200 wands, I think the first year 
and sold out both days. And we brought 800 the first day. We went home, sold out the first day, uh, went home and made another like four or 500. And as just, just everything we had in process, we just painted it, finished it, clear coated it, stayed up all night. The house smelled like paint. It was horrific. This is like February. It's like, you know, it's right around Super Bowl Sundays when they do this event. So you can't have any open windows or anything. Everything's just, we completely stunk the house up with paint. And, and by, by noontime, we were sold out the second day. It was ridiculous. Anyways, uh, so 2020's version of that, we squeeze it in. You know, there's like this talk of like, you know, has anybody been to China? And, you know, wash your hands more. That's really all it was at that point. And then immediately after that, my real estate agent says, you know, hey, I've got this building for you to check out. And we're like, okay, uh, do we really want to do this right now? And it's, it's this phenomenal building. It is like the picture perfect number one spot we could ever want in town. It's the right look. It's the right location. It's got parking. It's got uh, space for us to make magic wands, to have a nice store, to have a nice office. It's very close to home. Um, it, it has you know, a great history, great vibe to it. And um, we're just like, that building's not for sale. Like we know them, like they're, they're not selling that building. They've been, they've got a great business in there. There was a, a scrapbook store and, um, couldn't fathom why this was happening, but okay. Like we'll take a look at it. And then all of a sudden everything dries up. Everything completely dries up. Every event is canceled, postponed. You know, we are scheduled for wizard fest in Philadelphia canceled. Connecticut canceled. Big uh, events in Marlboro, two big conventions that were sponsoring in Marlboro canceled. Uh, the Wizard Market and it markets in, uh, in in the Higgins Castle, in the Wizard in New England Wizard School canceled. Everything's canceled. like, what do we do? This is horrific. And yeah, it turned out to be the best thing ever. I, I have to say, because if we had had all those events, oh, we were going to do the rent fairs too. I, I I don't know if I I know I forgot to mention that today. Uh, we had we were signing in the process of signing up to do like a three week run at multiple Renaissance fairs, and because we just keep getting that's the one thing we keep getting told. And it's probably I'm probably spoiling another question that Stephen's going to ask later is uh, about Renaissance fairs. But um, we uh, we were finally after ten or nine years going to dive in and do these big committed runs to Renaissance fairs. We're gonna hire people to go out and do them. Had some people lined up to go and. Um, if we had had all those events, we never would have been able to pull this off. We we bought the building in August, August first. We bought the closed in the building. Um, we had the store open in, uh, October fifteenth, and that also included uh, a major renovation of the two bedroom apartment upstairs, which included a whole new kitchen, you know, all new ca- cabinets, counters, appliances, you know, flooring bathroom tile, uh, you know, some new, all new lighting and, and smoke detectors and all that good stuff, rebuilding like doors that have been kicked in over the years and, you know, a whole, full repaint, all that stuff. So it's, it's a lot of work. If you've never done, if you've, if you've done things with old houses before, which luckily in my one of my previous careers, I had done a lot of um, renovation work on old houses. So it was very second nature for me to just plug all that in and get it done, but it's still very time consuming. And then you add that into the building. So, you know, we we um, we get the building open October, uh, mid October, like I said, and it's to tie back to your actual question. Uh, the events 
think about doing an event. You're in a 10 by 10 box, you know, maybe in an indoor event, you're in a 10 by 10 box and you cannot extend outside of it. You can't go in the aisles. You can't go into the neighbor's cube, obviously. So uh, the outdoor events, you're, you're in your 10 by 10 tent. You can do a little bit outside that, but not much. You're still basically tied to the tent. And God forbid it rains or the wind blows or, you know, you're in a, you know, in with an, uh, an unfortunate uh, organizer who uh, like slams everybody really tight together. And my apologies, Crystal, if you're listening, because I love you, but that farmer's market, the events were, the vendors were too tight together. Uh, (laughs) My good friend, Crystal, fabulous organizer. I love her. Um, uh, The uh, here we're about 18, 19 feet wide, about by about, I think about 17, 18 feet uh, deep. It's not a huge store. Logistically, that's about four times bigger than what we've had. And we're indoors. We've got fixed lighting. We've got no wind to deal with. We've got no tear down and setup to deal with. And that's really the big thing. If you think about doing an event, uh, a three day event is a five day minimum ordeal. Got to load the car. You got to drive there. You got to unload. You got to load all that stuff out of the car into the venue, set it all up. Then you got to go find your hotel room, find some food. You know, um, you know, sleep, wake up, find more food, get to back to the event. You know, there's this constant back and forth and driving and travel. And, and you know, did somebody somebody going to steal my stuff? That's always in the back of your head. You know, uh, you know, we can't leave our, our wands walk away very easily. So we don't want to let them uh, let that happen. And we've been you know, paranoid, probably overly paranoid about it at most events. But, you know, it's uh, so nice here to have just it, it's set up and we can tinker and we can move this cabinet and we can move that shelf and change this lighting and you know we can play our music you know we got our harry potter themes going uh, you know nonstop here or vivaldi or or you know some other uh, symphonies whatever we play because trust me harry potter theme music we love it but after about 20 minutes it is in your head for the next week. And it's just, it's just, Oh no, make it stop. Make it stop now. (laughs) It's, it has a finite shelf life, but, uh, but we love it. It's uh, the ability to do this and not have to travel to the shows has been phenomenal. There's no shows to go to still. So we're now that shows are opening up. We have a decision point. Do we want to do them again? You know, it's it's uh, there's some shows that we're committed to, uh, like the, the Wizard Fest and um, or Wizard Wizarding World in Philly. We're committed to and we spent a lot of money and they're not keen on refunding it. Uh, Kineticon, the the conventions that we sponsor up in, in Marlboro, um, Wizard Springtime Market and New England Wizard Fest. Like, yeah, we're absolutely going to do this. We will find a way to do it. If it re- requires us to close the store, I guess we'll just close the store. Um, what I Prefer not to close the store yet. And we're trying to staff up now. So it's a different set of challenges. It's a different set of fun. It's a, it, it, we were no regrets whatsoever that we opened the store, um, which is another thing we had also said we would never open a brick and mortar store. There's no money in it. It's a total waste. No, it's, it's, uh, uh, there's money in it to probably kick off another one of Stephen's questions. There's money in it if you go viral on social media. That we've discovered. And, you know, if you want to share any tips and tricks specifically to to podcast co-hosts on how to go viral on social media, we are all ears. Uh, no, 
Danny and I visited the space in Stafford Springs the other weekend. Was that only a week ago? Has this really been the longest week of my life? It's been two. Okay, good. Okay, good. That makes me feel better. Uh, it's been two weeks for the listeners who can't see both Ed and Danny holding up two fingers at me. It really, you said, right, it was the right space and the right place. It really is. It has absolutely the feel. Even down to, I think when you were showing us the exterior, you talked about how it was uh, tilted is not the right word. Yeah. Uh, the building the building tips to one side. Yeah, it, it absolutely just lives and breathes that Wizarding World feel. Um, and, and you talked a little bit about um, what y'all's future could look like once there are events to go to again and how you have to make that decision. I'm curious, and I'm sure it's very situation-based because it's not like there's just a plethora of content out there that are seeking wands, but I know y'all have done, I guess, what I would call corporate contracting in the past. I know there was like a Netflix show or something at one point. Is that, am I making that up? No, no, no. That's a good, good point. Uh, that's an interesting one. Not many people know about that because the show, I think both viewers uh, didn't really pay attention to it too much. So uh, we get this, uh, we got a, we got a few of them early on. It was like, a, you know, a random like B-list actor would act, would order something. That was, that was kind of cool. Um, we've met some bigger celebrities you know, more recently, but uh, we get this, uh, we get a, a, a phone call prop director out in Hollywood who like, well, well, we have this show we're working on and we need a magic wand for it. And, you know, I, I found you online and can you make a magic wand for the show? And I'm like, yeah, I'll make magic wands for, you know, random people all over the world. It doesn't matter. You know, you're sure. Yes. I can make your one um, kind of go over the details of what they want. I, you know, okay, well, I have to send you a release. And uh, the release just has to say that it's your design. You're not copying somebody else's work. We're buying it from you and you don't owe anybody else for this. And so we can, you know, you know, use your, your piece of art here, your, 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 your prop for the show. And I'm like, okay. I'm like, what show is this? I'm like, well, James Earl Jones is in it. And uh, Aziz Ansari is the executive producer and he's in it. And I'm like, okay. And, and apparently things changed like afterwards because James Earl Jones was not in the show. Uh, they hired a different actor to do his part, I believe. But uh, Aziz Ansari really did this show. It was called Master of None. Um, again, I've, I've found like six people ever that have even heard of it, both, you know, maybe two that watched it. Uh, and one of the episodes, like seven episode show, and then I think they like Netflix dropped it. One of the episodes, this uh, this actor, uh, who I, I believe is, I've made this up, but this is the connection I made in my head. The guy they replaced James Earl Jones with uh, creates this elaborate domino setup, like millions of dominoes in his apartment. And then, in, and then invites uh, Aziz Ansari's character over for no other reason than to initiate the sequence. And uh, you have to use the pushing wand for uh, for the sequence. So I, I can get you uh, pictures of uh, the stills that we have of Aziz Ansari holding the wand that we made and the other character opens it up and hands it to him with the box up and hands it to Aziz Ansari. And then he initiates the sequence by uh, using the pushing wand to, to launch the, uh, the domino little flowers and trails and bridges and whatnot. And, and, and that's entirely it. Like the wand is on screen for maybe a second and a half, two seconds. 
it has it is called the pushing wand once and and that's it and there's no credits and there's no no nobody ever called us ever uh we put it on our website as just kind of like a, hey we're on tv right you know this is cool and um yeah, for all I know, that the Aziz Ansari screen caps might be on our Etsy listing for. We call it the pushing one, but um, it's uh, it's a, it's a cool item. You know, we we've sold a you know a couple dozen of them probably, um, but that's our, that's about the biggest brush with the TV greatness that we've had. Well, I have uh, been interviewed on local Russian television before, so uh, this is your second brush with uh, you know, TV greatness. Um, let's, boy, oh boy, that's a deep cut. Let's talk a little bit about the ones themselves. Certainly we've talked about the business side of this and, 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 uh, indirectly about the ones, but, you know, when we toured the shop, we saw, um, you know, behind the scenes, the more than I think 150 different types of wood that y'all have in shop. And we saw all of the machines that could easily chop my finger off and, you know, all that good stuff. Uh, Certainly no desire for you to give away trade secrets here, but what what differentiates the values of the wands that you sell? <clears throat> I know you have a handful of off the shelf, and then of course you do all the customization work. Like how do we talk to us about kind of your standard wand and then how we go up from there? Yeah. You know, the standard wand, if you will, is you know, we we we've always called it our uh, our random wands. And then I think one of the worst mistakes I ever made was calling it our world famous med, uh, random wands. And uh, they're not world famous. They are. They are. <laughs> There's people all over the world that have them, but I don't think it would be uh, appropriate to call them world famous. So I got rid of that sign quickly. Um, they, uh, the basic one that we sell is, you know, 12 inch, half inch, uh, 12 inch long, half inch diameter. Uh, we use oak, ash, hickory, maple, um, or birch, poplar. I think that's all of them. Um, you step up from there and you get into some bigger ones where we do mix in some cherry, mahogany, black walnut, um, a couple other, probably a couple of the woods that I'm forgetting off the top of my head, but, um, and, and none of this is a secret. This is all like in our listings. You can look at any of our, you know, look at the materials used on any of our Etsy listings. It's like, it's not, you can lie about it. They make you tell you what it is. Um, you know, those are fun and it's, those are, you know, just genuinely speaking, those are woods that we can get at a, at a reasonable price. You know, going back to the, the discussion of engineering uh, is supply chain is, is huge. You know, I, I do have to, you know, collect all these woods, but I also have to, mach- you know, maintain all the machines. And, you know, at some point I, you know, in theory, my kids want to hang out occasionally and, you know, my day job, that, that whole aerospace thing demands a few minutes here and there. So uh, I'm kidding. I, you know, 40 hours minimum per week per company policy. But, um, you know, the, the reality is there's only so many hours in every day and I have to do things quickly. So a lot of the, the tools and techniques are geared towards exactly that. Um, you know, we don't use a lathe. That's one of our, our big hooks is, yeah, and you alluded to it earlier, it's a statement that we tell everybody. The wand is in our hands for every step, every piece of its forming. The wand is you know, literally in our hands. Um, the The reason we don't use a lathe is because they're extremely tedious to um, to set up and and then to use. You got to sharpen the tools constantly. Um, 
the other thing to get into the really nitty gritty nerdy engineering part of it is this uh, thing in turning lathe turning called uh, length diameter ratio L to D ratio really starts to go haywire once you get above probably fifteen depends on the material some woods are are stable up to twenty um, but over fifteen we start to get a lot of wobble and if you're spending a lot of money and a lot of time you can mitigate all that. I am not doing any of those things. I'm trying to spend as little mo- as little money and as little time, and I will make a tool. I will make uh, the cheapest Harbor Freight tag sale tools work for what we can do. And I have to. Our technique is actually heavily predicated on a on a particular machine that is no longer in production. And I buy every single one that I can. I own 16 of them, and uh, I. Cannot buy another one. Nobody else, no other maker ever made uh, a machine like this. So if I, if I, if I don't have that machine, I can't do what I do. We can't do what we do. And, uh, and that's hugely important to me. So uh, when we start getting out of those ones that that are just like that high volume, you can kind of hear, you probably could hear the, a bit of the, uh, the air handlers and the machines going on in the background. So we have people working in the, in the, shop probably 40 feet behind me here um i I can't find a quieter spot to be sorry (laughs) i would if i could um the uh the the more exotic woods are they're all different that's one of the beauties of it is every single wood is different some are extremely lightweight some are extremely heavy uh some are very bright red bright purple bright uh, dark dark black uh you have woods that change color you have woods that smell good um, you know, sandalwood and lignovitae and, and bloodwood and all these, you know, great uh, guayacan uh, lignovitae, the real stuff, they all these great uh, different things. And, um, and they cost different, you know, I have to source them all from different places. And a lot of that originates from customer requests. You know, you get a customer asks them, can I get this? Can you make a wand out of this wood? Half the time I've never even heard of it. Now I have, but, you know, early on, it's like, well, I've never heard of cedar of lebanon like uh sure i'll go look for that and what's the uh yeah i don't ever even had to go and and google and google and google and you know we've arranged a nice network of a, you know, about a dozen vendors that we can get wood from and sometimes it's just like a guy in pennsylvania who happens to have a bunch of ebony or happens to have the right piece of elder and and hap ourselves uh you know walking stick blanks and uh, okay, I can get a bunch of walking stick blanks. And uh, now what do I do with them? And so I don't even know what I'm going to do half the time when I'm ordering the wood blind. It's like, just get it in your hands and go, oh, that was a total waste of time. And let's go find a new supplier. Or it's, uh, yes, this was exact. Thank goodness. I did my, I, you know, I, I imagined what I was getting correctly. And uh, this is going to actually work for what we do. One, one of the little keys, and I'll, I'll just, I'll, I'll shut up in a second, is um, always buy more than you need. And, and that serves two purposes. One, it's insurance, because if you, if you, when you get it right, you, you've got the backup piece if you screw up. Two, it, it just makes financial sense to buy, you know, if you, if you can get the one sale to pay for the other wand or three or four or eight or whatever out of that wood, it's just smart economics. And that's, you know, again, part back to the engineering thing is it's why give it away? You know, you, you, you'd actually save money by buying it in, in, in higher volumes 
buying one, you know, buying a board that can make 10 wands as opposed to buying just the one piece to make the one wand costs almost the same price. So you said a lot of incredible stuff that I will let Danny react to because I have boxed her out for far too long in this in this stretch of the episode. But I'd be remiss if I didn't comment on you joked offhandedly about you're sure Raytheon's listening. And I stand by everything I've said on this podcast, but I've said some fairly out there semi-outlandish stuff at times, uh, to put it nicely. And I've definitely given that same caveat in episodes before. And then you fast forward a handful of months ago, I had a conversation with a senior HR leader at the company, a guy who I know who I'm close with. And he said, oh, yeah, you've mentioned this podcast thing before. Like, send me a link. I'd love to listen. And I was like, yeah, absolutely. Uh, mm, mm, maybe not. Um, maybe not. So... I really appreciated that. But Danny, take it away. I mean, I know my team leader listens. I'm very aware and she lets me know what episode she's listening to. What does your team leader think of me? <laughs> We're not having that conversation. Noted. What's your team leader's name? Tiffany. Tiffany, hello. This is your favorite muggle and khakis, Stephen. It's a pleasure. Um, I can be normal when I have to be, um, you know, aka my proverbial 40 hours per week. So um, hello, that, that is all. Anywho, actually, when we went live from the shop, her and one of my teammates joined the live and watched it. And we were talking about in our team meeting today is that they really enjoyed the walkthrough of the shop. So one of the things you do um, before we move on to some Harry Potter questions is that you actually schedule people for creating wands that they may have ideas for. So tell us what that's like for people that are interested that will be up in the Connecticut area or who are now influenced to go find you in Connecticut that want a specific wand. What does that entail if they have an idea? So, yeah, we, to, to start that out, I think it goes back to the last 10 years. We, you know, making custom wands for people all over the world has been, uh, you know, it's been phenomenally fun. And I, I don't remember if I showed you guys, but I have a stack got to be about eight inch, six, eight inches tall of drawings that have been made. And we used to, we started out with a little notebook and we immediately blew through that notebook and had another notebook. And then we did a binder and then we blew through that one, had another binder. And I've completely given up now trying to maintain any semblance. So eventually maybe when I'm gone, my grandkids can compile a book and, and, you know, sell it as, you know, Ollivander's sketchbook or something. I don't know. But um, it's uh, that process of identifying the wood type and the length and the designs uh, and refining that literally thousands of times. So uh, in, in a remote setting where you're very, very rarely on the phone and to be brutally honest, like we didn't want to have these phone conversations and <laughs> some people would find us and it was just like, Oh no, they know where we are now and they're going to call us a lot and this isn't going to go well. And, you know, we're like, we got to manage that relationship a little bit because there's some people out there who they need a friend and we can be their friend, but at the same time, we're trying to make a magic wand and, move on to the next person. So uh, this has been what you alluded to is here, here is that we talked for years 
about doing in-person custom wands and how we wanted to do that. The format, the location, the setting, this building, the, the, the first day we saw it, we're like, ooh, there's a classroom where we could set up the shop. There's a big window into that classroom. I don't know why, but the middle of the building, there's a big window from the out, outside of this room into it. And like, I, you know, we, we made a little sketch the very first day we, we walked the building just with our real estate agent to, to kind of get an idea. And it, it was, this, mind you, this was an entire retail operation, independent, wasn't us at all. They, she had a whole very successful run of 18 years as a scrapbook store here. And, uh, and her classroom was just perfect. We, so we made, a, we made a drawing of the layout of the whole building that day. And it's almost exactly what we came up with when we, you know, what we're sitting in right now. And um, the, uh, the process uh, of having that set up, I had done it at home a few times. If you know, um, like uh, Haley and Michael, uh, the Persons and uh, Tipsy Wizards, uh, Shelby and Savannah and a few other of my friends I had over and a lot of you know, my, my friends said, well, my kid's turning 12. Can he come over? And, and like, yeah, bring them over. We'll make something. And so it was fun to do it with friends and just kind of schedule some stuff. But there's this look of, of terror in the eyes of someone, you know, who, who you've just met that day, like Michael, Haley and Michael, I, I absolutely love them. Great friends. You know, at this point I can, you know, we can go up and give a, a big hug, especially in our, you know, post-vaccinated States, uh, you know, and, and I'm delighted that we have the relationship, but the first day they met me, they walked into my basement of my house, which is a dark stone foundation, you know, 1917 or whatever house. And, I mean, just kind of looked at each other like, we're going to go do this. I hope they know where, the, where we're buried. And it, it was, you know, that wasn't going to work to do this on the grand scale. Uh, and so we needed, we knew before we were going to ever do anything like this, we needed a, a more mature, you know, retail type space to do that. And that's why this building has been phenomenal. But people come in and, uh, and, and it's fun. And we've kind of figured out the rhythm and the cadence and the, the way it works nicely. Um, you know, for the most part, somebody comes in with, you know, we get a lot of phone calls and emails and texts to, to book those. And uh, they show up for their appointment. We book like one hour appointments. And uh, my hardest part is to try and keep everything into that one hour window. And sometimes I, if they come up with a design, like one of the Pottermore designs, those are great. And some of them are really quick. Like I can crank out some of them in, in 25 minutes. And um, other ones, it's, uh, yeah, they take, some ones take an hour and a half. And I, I got to really look at my schedule and, and keep that, uh, keep myself honest on that and on the time and the cost, because I'm horrible at just giving my, uh, my stuff away. So, you know, needing to manage all of that is uh, kind of a, a constant challenge, but it's been, it's been great to just be able to, uh, to bring people in and the the constant excitement of like they're getting this thing made for them and they get to participate they get to pick the piece of wood they get to you know design it all uh from scratch basically and and there's a lot of you know look at this one and look at that one well, kind of that feature from this one and you know kind of a handle like that one and it could be this a little bigger that a little smaller kind of be heavy could be light could be red could be black blah blah and those are uh, you know they walk out of here with a, a, an item that they're just delighted with. And I, and I get to see that again, that you know, from this whole 
pandemic thing of, of all of our events canceled. It's not the the you know, sales and the deferred cost and and all that. It's the fact that I get to actually I tell, I tell everybody this because uh, I just can't not say it out loud. It's like this is the best part of my day when I walk out of the shop uh, with their wand behind my back uh, to to do the the big reveal. And oh my god, I mean. It, it, it's actually this is this is now the downside of the pandemic is 99 times out of 100 they want to give you a hug and 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 we're just not there you know strangers aren't hugging at, at this point of of the world but i see the i see the leap i see the arms come up and they're like oh damn it i can't give them a hug and uh and i i feel bad you know i i'm <laughs> Legit had a coworker uh, come by, just completely unannounced. Had a coworker come by, and uh, she brought her sister and her mom in uh, the other day. And I made the sister and the mom custom magic wands. Uh, they'd never been here before. And the mom goes, "No, I'm having a hug," and puts her arms up. And I'm like, "I'm I'm covered in dust. You guys have seen me. I'm covered in my. I'm wearing my my work apron. I'm, I'm covered in sawdust." She goes, "I don't care. You're getting a hug." I was like, oh, I had no idea how much I needed that. It was the best. It was awesome. So uh, really, uh, really fun. I'm, I'm waiting for that to kind of, this whole thing to get behind us and we can kind of have a little more of that normalcy because, you know, a lot of the guys would be like, do, do you shake hands? Like, yeah, yeah, I shake hands. All right. And they, you know, they, they haven't shaken a hand in far too long themselves. People haven't high-fived. You know, you get a lot of fist bumps and elbow bumps, but that's not really the same thing. People are, people are um, definitely wanting the cat. The what do you call the casual physical? You know, a hug here, a, a high five, a pat on the back. You know, just to you know lean the head on the shoulder. Sometimes it's just like we're just we're, we're also removed from it. That it's uh, it, you don't even realize you're missing it until you are completely. Oh, wow. I had forgotten what that was like. That's a good spot to wrap up the shop conversation. Why well, don't we? Well, no, before we, before we do, Danny, before we do, I would be absolutely remiss if I did not give a huge shout out to Emily, uh, who, for anyone who's visited the shop in Stafford Springs in the past couple of months, knows Emily as the lovely, lovely, helpful uh, front of store employee that y'all have there. She was so kind to put up with, I'd say us, but really me for the couple hours that we were there. And uh, she picked out one of the wands uh, that we purchased that we're going to give away on Creating Magic Podcast. Um, I guess when listeners are hearing this episode, I don't know how Danny's going to do it. Either you will have already seen the wand on our Instagram or you will be seeing it in short order. So either uh, go love the photo with Emily and the wand in hand or stay tuned. Um, it will yeah, be Emma, posted the day of the episode release. So as you're listening to this, you can have like a visual companion guide by checking out Creating Magic on Instagram. Um, but the other thing I'd be, I, I'd definitely be regretful if I didn't mention, because uh, you talked about Haley and Michael, um, was the fact that that's how we got to know you in the first place. Not Haley and Michael specifically, but our community of friends who absolutely adore you and who are uh, adorned in your shop with your old sign um, that you have up on on one of your walls, you know, between Brandy, Simply Potter Girl, uh, Lex, Lex Potter, Karina, the Magical Latina, Hannah, is she Hannah does cosplay? Hannah, Hannah cosplay. W cosplay. I, I, Hannah I, W, yeah. 
I knew it was Hannah something cosplay. Um, Chelsea. Uh, well, you mentioned earlier that talking about how you got started with this whole endeavor in the first place, that you can never tell your little girl no. It's kind of how I feel about Chelsea. And that's somewhat of an odd metaphor, but like <laughs> Chelsea, like Chelsea is just such a beautiful, wonderful soul. And I just can never say no to her. Right. And like, I feel similarly. Anywho, the point is, you know, the community absolutely adores you and the work that y'all are doing. And, and we feel equally as strongly. Um, yeah. So, it, I, you know, I guess to put somewhat of a bow on it, um, it really was a remarkable Sunday um, that we spent with y'all and, and definitely felt like a sense of normalcy once again, um, which, you know, if you asked me a couple of years ago, if I said, I'm going to spend a Sunday morning in semi-rural Connecticut at a wand shop and I'd call that normal. I don't know how I would react, but it absolutely <laughs> was. And I loved it um, and really couldn't be more thankful uh, for, for you in that time. Yeah, it was great having you guys out here. Uh, really appreciate uh, the visit and um, just to have the people, anybody coming in here is, is phenomenal. You know, we, we mentioned going viral on social media, which was uh, a huge thing because we went legit from having one customer all weekend uh, and then this TikTok dropped about us and we were out. The, you know, the news showed up and did broadcast live on, on Friday. The TikTok dropped on a Sunday, had like a million views on Facebook by Wednesday. The news was here Friday. And then that Saturday, we had a line out the door and up the street all day long. And then that carried on for, for weeks and weeks, which is fantastic. And that's how we got Emily. So to bring her into, she's been wonderful. So Emily was a customer. She had had her custom wand made and we were realizing this avalanche of popularity and people was going to require us to have another person. And so just, you kind of read people's body language. We've, we've met a lot, you know, tens of thousands of people at all of our events, which is great. And we just kind of had a, you know, my, my wife, Janet, and I just kind of had this little moment where like, like she's pretty cool. And she mentioned she's looking for a job and she's local and she lives here in town. And it was just like, uh, are you, do you want to come work here? And she immediately snapped it up and she's been with us ever since. And she's phenomenal. Great attitude, loves working here, loves learning. She's as she's been working here for the last couple of months, she's you know, doing more. She's not just sitting in the front and, and you know, selling magic wands and, and you know, occasionally vacuuming. Now she's gone, uh, started doing a bunch of the finish work. And we've even brought her back into the shop to get her start making making wands. So, uh, you know, we're looking forward to having her be here, you know, basically every day all summer, which is going to be fantastic because, uh, you know, we're, we're very, very busy, uh, not only here in the shop, but also uh, with this, uh, the network that we've grown, adding on to the, some of the other stores. Um, not sure if you want to mention it, but uh, the, the cloak and wand down in Mystic. We are uh, at the moment their exclusive wand maker. It's not really a formal relationship, but as far as I know, they don't have any other wand makers. Um, we did an event down there. It was the weekend after you guys were here. That Saturday, I appeared down there. They sold out of all their initial wands. We're selling them wands left and right as fast as we can. You know, they're ordering uh, hundreds of them from us uh, every week, which is a phenomenal problem to have. Uh, because it's, you know, we've added onto our shop now, since you guys were just since you were here, we've added onto the uh, new machines into the shop and, um, we've, uh, added onto our staff, hired, uh, more new people. And it's, uh, as many ones as we can make, they seem to want. And that's 
exactly where we want to be. You mentioned uh, the the network of of friends in this group and in this in the genre in the in the in the Harry Potter verse, and it's it's fantastic. Half of it with us is there's there's a business that we're trying to run here, and and I like to think that we're being pretty successful with it. You know, there's a kinship. There's obviously people have each other's backs. You know, some you mentioned Chelsea and some of the other folks in the in the group. You know, people have their ups, they have their downs, they have their life changing events, they have a bad day at work, and uh, you know, with the with the uh, the parks being closed, the events being canceled. And there's just this global uncertainty of where we're headed as a people, you know, not to mention, you know, political stuff. We won't even get into that. But people just, you know, they need each other more than ever now. And this group has been fantastic at um, at just being there for each other. And and it's been great to be a part of. And it's been it's really inspiring to, to see like these two people are constantly, you know, doing stuff online or doing stuff together because it's that's their pod, you know, the, the same, you know, six or eight people that are always hanging out together. So the, those are uh, reassuring things to see kind of puts a little bit of faith back in humanity, if you will. It's great being able to like start planning those things again. You kind of naturally went into one of the things that we do with each show, which is we do creator shout outs for some of the people that we really just enjoy. So you've mentioned a few, but um, you mentioned the other story in which is the cloak and wand. So definitely want to shout them out. I did not plan to end up there, but I was wandering around looking for a Christmas ornament and then ended up there when I was down in Mystic. Um, very fun little store. So people need to go check them out also. So they should just do a road trip and see both of you guys. Do you have anyone else you would like to shout out? Uh, yeah, there's another shop that we are just doing some work for some. Um, so, you know, Cloak and Wand is fantastic local. We love them. We uh, we actually can deliver wands in person, which is, I think, a big appeal for them. The fact that we are local enough to, to handle over Saturday, my son and I just hopped in the truck and drove down there. And, you know, here's 80 wands ready. You know, you're sold out. Great. Now you're not. And that that's something nobody else can do for them anywhere in the world, which is awesome to be that person for them. There's a shop in uh, Covington, Kentucky called Hierophany and Hedge. I hope I'm saying that right. It might be Hierophony and Hedge. I, I that doesn't sound like doesn't sound right to me. I call it high rock. Um, fantastic people. Uh, they are specializing in the opposite spectrum, the high-end wands. They want one of this, two of that. You know, they want a king wood, an ebony, a snake wood. Uh, they want those kinds of things. And it's it's the polar opposite of cloak and wand. Who wants uh, high volume, a lot of the same stuff. And, and there's nothing wrong either way. It's just they know their client. They each know their clientele. We we have our clientele. We know what we what we do well. We specialize in. Um, it's uh, been great to to work with both of them as new shops just opening up. Also in the pandemic, um, they're great. There's a there's a summer camp out in um, San Diego uh, called the Ranch that we have been selling hundreds of wands to every summer. Uh, they've been great. They've been with us almost since the beginning, 10 years now. Uh, they, they, that seems to be a really fun uh, camp, but they've been keeping it going for years, doing a Harry Potter-themed week. So hats off to them. Yeah, so this week I have a couple different, I don't even know if we call them shout-outs anymore. I kind of just talk about random people at this point. First, Tyler Starr, recent guest of the pod, inspiration in my life over the past month and a half 
uh, got engaged the week of recording here. So Tyler Mazeltov, congratulations to you. And also on his birthday. Also on his birthday, Gemini season. What up? I did not get engaged on my birthday. So, hey, here's the hoping in, in 2022. Am I right? Um, no, congratulations, Tyler. Supremely happy for you. Second, this is not a shout out so much as a free business idea. Um, everyone knows I love Sydney Dean, Sid Sketched, um, who, in my opinion, is the best fandom inspired, Wizarding World inspired artist in the game. Sydney, I have just flew through the Accord of Thorns and Roses series. And let me tell you, like, like, this is not me trying to, you know, round peg a square hole or whatever the phrase is, right? Um, the the beautiful imagery in that series, a lot of the celestial vibes and and I think just the characters and everything about that series sets itself up for your artistry. You should 100% start making A Court of Thrones and Roses art. Um, and if you've read the series, that can go a lot of different ways. I'll just leave that up to the viewer's interpretation. Um, but Sydney, I would be the first one in your shop buying that if you decide to make it. So free business idea, you're welcome. I will take 10% off the top. I am not an overachiever like Stephen always is. So my shout out is for, her name is Joyce and her Instagram is J-O-Y-C-E-Y-L-O-N dot T-E-A. And she just has some fun edits going on. Very magical. I'm assuming she's a Ravenclaw because there's all the Ravenclaw things. And despite what Steven said earlier, Ravenclaws are very creative people. And I think they are the most creative house of the houses of Hogwarts. Ed, would you like to tell everyone where they can find you on the socials and on your website? Yeah. So, uh, yeah, the store is 13 Furnace Ave in Stafford Springs, Connecticut. Uh, we are at Orchard Works on all the, uh, the socials. We are not on Snapchat or Tumblr, I don't believe, but um, there's probably a million other little alt social medias that we're not on. But, you know, the big ones, Facebook and uh, Twitter and Instagram and TikTok, we are at OrchardWorks. Um, fun little segue, OrchardWorks.com is like a $5,000 um, bill. If somebody wants to buy that for us. We are totally on board with that level of sponsorship if you're, uh, if you're so inclined. But it's just one of those uh, fun URLs that somebody is holding hostage. And, and I, apparently now that we exist, they're not intent on giving it up at all. Um, they're probably only going to raise the price now that I said that. But um, it's orchardworksct.com, www.orchardworks, all one word, orchardworksct.com. Love to, uh, to see people uh, reach out to us there. Orchardworksct at gmail.com is the best way for customers to reach us. Go on the website. There's a custom order form you can fill out. You can uh, plunk in your uh, the, the wood type for your wand and the length and uh, send us uh, some style ideas. Uh, we'll get back to you typically. Sometimes it takes a couple of days, but um, if we don't, then send us another one because we're, we get so many emails. It's easy to just have all of a sudden they scrolled right off the bottom of the screen. And, and if we, if we lose you, we apologize. We're, we're not good at this. <laughs> it's a matter of needed to hire somebody for that uh, soon, probably too. But um, yeah, then you can you know, send us an email back and attach us pictures, but 
Uh, if you just want to reach out uh, at Orchard Works on any of the major socials. Thank you so much for joining us today. Uh, we really enjoyed your hospitality of letting us come and invade your store for multiple hours. <laughs> it was delightful having you guys here. You guys are always welcome. Uh, thank you for having me here in the pod. For our listeners, make sure to check out the Instagram page to see some of the, we picked up four things all together from your shop that we will be giving away. Giveaway. Giveaway. Starting the day we release this episode. (laughs) That's our show, y'all. Thanks for tuning in. Ed, can't thank you enough. We'll see you soon, Ed. Listeners, we'll see y'all next week. Peace out. Wow.